This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope this message meets you where you are and elevates you to where God is taking you. Enjoy the message. What is up, everybody? It is so good to be here uh, with you today, uh, starting a new series today. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy holidays. And uh, we just pray uh, for you out there. We're praying uh, that this is just an awesome season for you to celebrate Jesus and to and to celebrate family and 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 really make the most of this season uh, and to experience God's love through friends, family, and uh, to celebrate the birth of our Savior. And so here it is, uh, a new series starting today, um, and it's entitled, Who is This King of Glory? Um, we're gonna talk about Jesus all month um, and just really look in the scriptures about who he is and um, um, his heart, his nature, and we're gonna celebrate Jesus this month. Um, Jesus, I know this is cliche in the Christian church world, but really, uh, it goes without saying, but Jesus is the reason for the season. And so uh, super stoked to be here today with you. Um, uh, and those of you that are part of our online community and those that were with us um, uh, this past week, uh, we had an awesome time, connect with the pastors, with everybody from our online community and just having a, a real intimate moment in the word and with one another through Zoom. And so we're gonna be doing another one of those in January. So we're excited about that. So we love y'all. And um, so here we go. Uh, if you could turn in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 24, we're gonna start there, uh, verse seven, and I'm gonna pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for speaking to us. We thank you for revealing Jesus to us. Uh, Lord, I pray that um, when we hear about Jesus in the word, I just pray that our relationship with you, God, in Christ, uh, just gets better, uh, that we get more rooted in Christ and that we we discover areas of our life that aren't founded on you. Jesus, you are the foundation of our faith. You're the foundation of our life. So I pray that we just get a deeper knowledge and understanding of Jesus this month. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, let's just jump right into this, guys. Who is this King of Glory? Part one, Psalm 24, verse seven, and it reads, lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of Glory shall come in. Come on, if, if, you're, if you're with somebody, or even by yourself, just say the King of Glory. Verse eight, who is this King of Glory? Look at the person next to you, if there is anybody, and ask them, who is this King of glory? Now you that were asked that, return, look back at them and say, the Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle, all right? Uh, verse nine, lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors. Uh, and the King of glory shall come in. Um, uh, verse 10, who is this King of glory? It's the title of our series this month. The Lord of hosts, he is the king of glory. Such a powerful 
portion of scripture here. This is a, uh, Psalm 44 is, has elements of it in here that are prophetic psalm, speak a messianic psalm, speaking of Christ, um, who is this king of glory? This is Jesus. So we're going to just look at characteristics of this king of glory this month. Who is this king of glory? This, this, uh, this king uh, that was born in a manger, right? Um, and so here we go. The Lord strong and mighty. Um, and that is uh, really just the first point here. We talk about Jesus here. We're talking about Jesus. Who is this king of glory? And point one is this. He is mighty in your battle, okay? I wanted to personalize it. Um, he is mighty in my battle. He is mighty in your battle. We all have battles in life. We all go through things, but I'm here to tell you right now that Jesus is mighty in your battle. Who is this king of glory? Here's the answer. The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. He's mighty in your battle. He is everything you are not. He is everything you want to be. And um, he is everything we need him to be. I mean, he is the answer. That old song, right? Jesus is the answer for the world today. Uh, we go through battles. We have our moments. We have our times. We were our soul. You know, we, we were talking um, a couple weeks ago um, about um, just describing the problem to God. We have those moments. You read in Psalms. We're in Psalms right now. You're gonna re you read Psalms. You're gonna read about people talking about the struggle, the pain, the trial, the tribulation, the confusion, the, the unanswered things, the, the moments in life where we are at a loss. We're like, God, what are you doing? Where are you going? And like, where are you taking me, right? So we all have these moments and these times, but the point here is, who is this King of glory? He is the Lord that is mighty in your battle. He is always the opposite of the struggle. He's, his nature is opposite of ours. It's, it's different. He is, he is holy. He is uncommon. God is always different. We, we're the ones that get depressed. He's never depressed. We're the ones that, that get anxious or, 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 or go through things and have feelings of, of insecurity. He's never insecure. We, we're the ones that deal, have dealt and deal with anxiety. He's never deals with that. That's not him. We are the ones that, um, get discouraged. He is, um, you know, bold. He is mighty in our battle. He is never discouraged. He imparts courage. The feelings we feel and the things we go through, the, 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 the dips in our life, the valleys in our life, those moments we have, are the, the, those experiences of our own human frailty and even at times potentially like literally a spiritual attack or some kind of spiritual warfare you're going through, those, feel, those feelings you feel and walk through, God is always the opposite of those things. He, he, in our weakness, the Bible says he is strong. In our infirmity, he is firm. In our confusion, he is sound. In our frustration, he is peace. In our fear, he is bold. In our brokenness, he is healing. In our doubt, he is faith. I mean, God is always the answer to the struggle. 
He's always the answer to the feeling. He's always the solution to the problem. His name is Jesus. Who is this King of glory? The Lord mighty in battle. All right. We are made strong in him. I mean, he is always going to be the answer when we are at a loss. He can be found when we are without words. He'll give you words when we don't know about tomorrow. We are trusting in and leaning on the God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He, when we don't know about tomorrow, we can trust that he is the Alpha and the Omega. Um, God is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Who is this King of glory? He is the one that is mighty in your battle. Um, in, in, I'm teaching a class at, um, at the, uh, uh, Teen Challenge Ministry Institute. I've been teaching all year. I've been enjoying teaching the students there right here. They're based out of Southgate, which is just a neighboring city from where I'm recording here. Uh, we're recording in Boyle Heights. I love this community and this neighborhood. I, God has really given Crystal Gell and I a heart for literally this neighborhood. You, you hear, I hear a lot of pastors and preachers um, just talk about, you know, you hear them talk about cities. I mean, in the, in the, in the um, in the book of Acts, the apostle Paul, you know, was like, I must see Rome. I mean, he was, there was something in him that was attached to cities. He, Ephesus and the letters, Philippi and these regions, he, he, he was leading um, and had a heart for the people in these particular cities. And my wife and I have just, God's given us a heart for the people of, of, of LA, but I, I just specifically just Boyle Heights right here on the block. I mean, we're right here on first street. Like you walk outside, our front door and you could see downtown LA. I mean, um, and just even the churches in here, uh, we've gotten to develop relationships with people from other churches and other pastors right here in this neighborhood. Um, and just, I, I'm just always looking at, I'm studying the history of Boyle Heights and just what, you know, and, and just there's such rich spiritual history right here. Um, literally on this block, on this street right here behind me. Um, uh, and so, um, Oh, where was I uh, going with all that? Is that um, in God uh, giving us a heart for this region? Um, I've had the opportunity to teach at um, the, the, the School of Ministry right there in Southgate. And I'm teaching on a subject called hermeneutics. And um, in uh, uh, that study, that it's, it's basically this, the, the, the proper way to interpret scripture. And it's just an amazing class. I'm enjoying teaching it. And in the Bible, when it, when when God would, would prophesy about the end times, at times through the prophets of old and through Revelation, when God would talk about uh, what they would call apocalyptic literature, the church at the time was going through uh, trial. Some at times they were in captivity, or, or the God's people in the Old Covenant, uh, in, the, in the Old Testament. But the prophets would start to speak about. Uh, the end of the age. And what it would do is it brought encouragement to God's people because in a time where they were so troubled by the present, God would speak to them about how he had the whole future of civilization in the palm of his hand. I'm here to tell you right now that God is in your world right now and he is mighty in your battle and he knows the end from the beginning. So here we go. We're gonna continue uh, here. If you wanna turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 
50 verse 6. And uh, being that we're talking about Jesus all month, I wanted to uh, go through uh, really uh, the Old Testament and look at prophetic um, scriptures that spoke of Jesus years and years before he came in the flesh. And so uh, this is some good stuff here. So Isaiah 50 verse six, who is this king of glory? Look at this. This is, this is speaking of Jesus. It says this, I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard, right? How many of you know in the, in, in when he was on his way to the cross, that's exactly what happened, right? I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. Who is this king of glory? I love this verse. I love what this says here because it says that Jesus, speaking of Jesus, I gave my back to those who struck me. He did not, um, he, his life wasn't taken from him. The Bible says he laid it down. So this king of glory uh, came to serve and not to be served, to give his life a ransom for many. It says here, I gave my back. I, I mean, he, he, he gave his back. He, he said, here, you know, here's my back. Uh, here's my, here's my beard. Here's my, here is my body given. I gave my back to those who struck me. I mean, think about this. This is, this is our savior here. And I gave my cheeks to those who plucked out my beard. He gave his body for us. He, he gave it. I, look, I did not hide my face uh, from shame and spitting. He, they, the Bible says in the New Testament, it speaks of that, how they spat on him. They mocked him. They pulled out his beard. So Isaiah 50 verse six, man, who is this king of glory? Here's my second point. This is, this is who he is. He freely gave himself for us. I mean, I mean, talk about, am I loved? Uh, yes. Uh, does God care about me? Uh, yes. How do I know that? Uh, the savior of the world, the creator of the universe gave his back to those who struck him for you. He gave his cheeks to those to pull his beard out of his face. Why? Because he loves you. He, I mean, he gave, he did it. Nobody wrestled him down. No, in a sense, like nobody had to, you know what I'm saying? Put him in a, uh, you know, whatever that UFC move is, that, that rear naked choke, whatever they call it. Nobody had to put his arm behind his back. Nobody had, he gave his back for you. He gave his beard. He allowed them to do what they will for you. He freely gave himself for us. What an example. What an example he is to us. What a demonstration of the love of God for us and for all of humanity. Look at this. Let's go to Isaiah 53 verse 1. Here we go. Who has believed our report? And this whole, this whole chapter, Psalm 53, we might kind of venture into this chapter all month. We might just hang out in Isaiah 53. The whole chapter is about Jesus. I mean, it's explicit. It is exact. 
as to what happened to him on that cross. We're talking about, we're answering the question today, uh, who is this king of glory? And, and, and before we jump into Isaiah 53, what, just he, he is, who is he? He is mighty in your battle and he freely gave himself for us. Wow, I mean, um, I'm here to tell you today, you are worth dying for. You are worth God's son. You were, you, what is your worth? Look at what they did to Jesus. He, what, what he allowed people to do to him when he came as a man in the earth. That right there tells you what you're worth. You are worth God's only son. You are worth um, every stripe on his back. You are worth the nails in his hands. You are worth the nails in his feet. You are worth him being so disfigured, didn't even look like a human being. You are worth the, the torture he went through. You are worth it. You are worth him going into the center of the earth for three days and three nights. You are worth the pain that he went through. You are worth it. You are worth it. That he was sacrificed for you. The, 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 the price he paid is a demonstration of the value uh, that, that is on you. That, that he, he vow, I mean, sacrifice speaks of value. A price paid speaks of the, the, the value he has on you. You are worth everything he went through. You're worth every stripe that was on his back. You are worth every, every thorn pressed through his skull. You are worth it. You are worth it. You are worth dying for. Look at this, Isaiah 53, one. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The arm of the Lord, the strength of God. It, it, it's a revelation. It's about, this chapter is a revelation of Christ. It is prophetic utterances, you know, years before the incarnation. And it is a revelation of the strength of God, of the power of God. Who and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Um, Christ is a revelation. The book of Revelation speaks of the revelation of Christ, the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is a revelation. He did it 2,000 years ago, but not everybody sees it. The price he paid, the value on your life isn't, isn't just head knowledge and, and your own achievement. Your achievements in life do not, do not um, uh, give you value from God uh, or lack thereof. It's, not, it's based on what he did, not what we accomplish. Our value isn't in what we accomplish in life. Our value is on what he did for us. That is value. It doesn't change does not change. What God did for you is, 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 is a demonstration of the value of who you are and you being here in the earth and alive. That your value is uh, based on Christ and what he did and where you come from. And you are, you are God's child. You are from God. You are in Christ before the foundation of the world. And he was crucified before the foundation of the world. You, your value is based on um, where you come from. And so um, this is what this is. Uh, it is, uh, and to whom 
has the arm of the Lord been revealed? All right, verse two, and here's the answer. For he shall, this is the arm of the Lord revealed to us. It is Christ, it is Jesus. It is in the Hebrew, Yeshua, it, which means salvation and all that it entails. His name, by definition, in Hebrew, Yeshua, in English, Jesus, in Espanol, Jesus, it, it means salvation, salvacion in the Greek, soter, soterion. It, it, it is all encompassing, it's completeness, it's deliverance, it's freedom, it's eternal salvation. Salvacion is, it's all encompassing. It is sanctification. It is, it is spirit, soul, and body. It is salvation from sin. It is saved, um, you know, it, it is saved in, in this life, living a saved life. It is eternal salvation. When we cross to the other side, we are saved. It is saved from hell. It is saved from judgment. It is saved. It's rescued. It's delivered. It's freedom. Verse two, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He's talking about Jesus. He has no form of comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. This is the savior that came. Who is this king of glory? All right, who is this king of glory? Let's go to Isaiah 53, verse three. All right, verse three. He is despised and rejected by men. Here we go. We're, we're, who is this king of glory? Um, he is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Now, now, now when you read this, um, I'm just saying like from any kind of natural perspective, any kind of common sense, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, you read this, that don't sound like a king of glory to me. <laughs> I mean, despised, rejected, sorrows, grief, People hiding their face from him. Here it is again, despised that he was not esteemed. And, and, and who is this king of glory? This is, wait a minute, like what are you talking about, Isaiah the prophet? I mean, are you, are you prophesying, you know, the word of the Lord here? Because you just said this is the arm of the Lord. This is our report. This is the message. This is... This who's believed a report to whom the arm of the Lord has been revealed. And you start talking about that this person with a this he with a capital H, and, and and you're speaking of a coming Messiah here, and you're saying like that this person that is the promised one, the 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 Son of God, the 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 soon coming King of Israel. Uh, you know, the savior of God's people, the shepherd of, of God's sheep. And you're saying that this particular um, savior is despised and rejected, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. 
You know what I'm saying? And, and people are hiding their face from him and he was despised and we did not esteem him. You're saying that is our leader? That is the Yeshua HaMashiach, the, you know, Jesus, the anointed one? Uh, this is the one uh, that's coming for us? And um, yes, who is this king of glory? And, and here it is. Here's my third point, that he can identify with our suffering. Um, that he can um, identify with what we're going through. Um, he, uh, there's, there's a gospel, a gospel song out there that he knows just how sorrow feels. I mean, if anybody can relate to your pain, if anybody can relate to you dealing with rejection of other people, if anybody can relate to you being despised, uh, anybody can relate to your sorrow, anybody can relate to your grief, anybody, if there's anybody that can relate to people that don't want to associate with you, that people want to kind of shut you out for whatever reason, I'm telling you right now that this king of glory can identify with our suffering. And here's the next one. He knows the pain of rejection. He knows the pain of rejection. He did all of this for us. He, uh, he feels it. He has felt it as a man. He knows just how sorrow feels. He's right there with you. Isn't that an uh, amazing thing that God himself uh, knows just how it feels? God himself, Christ, knows just how it feels. Uh, there's been times in my walk with God, in my journey with God, that when I have felt um, the most lonely and felt rejected or ostracized from certain people for whatever reason, um, that in those times I have experienced uh, the love of God, that he knows how to comfort us when we're in these situations, right? Look at this, look at Psalm 22, verse seven. Uh, Psalm 22, verse seven, all those who see me ridicule me. Wow, this is, this is a prophetic song. This is talking about this king of glory. He knows the pain of rejection, all right? So Psalm 22, seven, all those who see me ridicule me. I mean, Jesus went through this. Um, they shoot out the lip. They shake the head. I mean, their words uh, were demeaning, were hurtful. They shake the head saying, he trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. I mean, you know, think all those who see me ridicule me. Um, they shoot out the lip. They, their words, Jesus uh, knows the pain of rejection. And he knows how to navigate you through it. Um, this is uh, the king of glory. This is him. And here we go. Let's go to I I Isaiah 53, verse four. Let's go to verse four. 
It says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. All right? Yet we esteemed him stricken of, stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Um, and this is, this, is the, this is the king of glory. Not only does he feel it, not only does he know what it's like, he can identify, he can empathize. The Bible says that he's a faithful high priest, all right? That the Bible says in Hebrews that he has been touched with the feeling of our infirmities. I'm gonna say it again. That's what the Bible says about this king of glory, that he um, is touched, he's a faithful high priest. He walked this earth as a man, this king of glory, and he's able to be touched with the feeling of your infirmities. He is right there with you, all right? And he feels it. He, um, he identifies with it. Um, and according to Isaiah 53, uh, verse four, is it doesn't stop there because it says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried away our sorrows, that he doesn't only identify with you when you're in it, but by his spirit, he um, empowers you to be delivered of it, that what you're in right now, I don't know what it is, that it doesn't have to be always. The way you feel right now, the way the, 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 the hard times, the struggles, the trials, whatever it is, uh, that because of Jesus does not have to be forever. Where you are now, what you're dealing with now, the struggle you are in, in Christ, there is always hope. Jesus did not only walk this life to identify with us and to be touched by our pain and to feel our pain and to empathize when we are in pain, but he came to not only identify and to feel what we feel, but he came to deliver us of it, all right? So once again, surely he has borne our griefs, he carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Here it is again, verse five, Isaiah 53, verse five. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we were healed. All right, so verse five, but he was wounded for our transgressions um, and bruised for our iniquities. So Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He uh, dealt the blow. He paid the penalty of our sin and um, he delivered us and for, has forgiven us of the sins we've committed. He's, he's, he's forgiven us, everything we've done, every, every, every transgression, every time we cross the line, every, every sin with our words, every sin with our eyes, every sin that we've thought, every sin that we've acted upon, things we've done with our hands we shouldn't have done things we've done with our mouth we shouldn't have done, things we've done with our thoughts and our thinking. 
in it, we, it says here that he was wounded for our transgressions. The penalty was on him. The penalty, the acts, the, the things we have done, he paid a price to forgive us of them. The, what you have done, the sins you have committed in Christ are forgiven. They, 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 the, the penalty isn't hanging on your head. The judgment is not hanging on your head. You are forgiven. You are healed. You are free. The, he was wounded. The, 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 the price was given. The, 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 the penalty was enough. God uh, saw that that's enough. He paid it. it the price was paid. Uh, the sins of my past are not hanging over your head. Or my head. Sin, hopefully my sins aren't hanging over your head. But the sins of your, they're not because he was wounded. The penalty was paid. It's done. It is finished. Um, you don't, your past does not have to haunt you. In Christ, I'm here to tell you that the sins of your past, the price has been paid. The penalty has been given to our Savior. He was wounded for our transgressions. Not only have you been forgiven of the acts of sin, uh, it says that he, who's this king of glory? The one that was wounded for your transgressions. Every time we, we allow the devil to bring up our past, to accuse us of our past, um, we're forgetting that Jesus was already wounded. Already wounded. Uh, don't let the devil bring on you things Jesus already paid a price for. Come on, somebody. Don't, I'm going to say it again for the people in the back. Don't let the devil bring shame and guilt on you for something that Jesus was wounded for. Something you've already repented of. Something you already got freed from. The devil is going to try to bring up that garbage from your past. And you got to be like, no, not today. Satan, Jesus was wounded for my transgressions. I didn't overcome my own sin. I didn't solve the problem of my own shame and sin. Uh, Jesus, the King of glory, was wounded for my transgressions. Those nails took care of it. The thorn on his brow took care of it. The cross took care of it. The, he was raised for our justification. God was like, man, that was it. He was the spotless lamb, the sinless lamb. He was without blemish, pure, and the guilt of our sin. He bore our sicknesses. He, he, um, he carried away our sorrow. He was smitten of God and afflicted for me. Um, somebody needs to rejoice today in this. He was wounded for our transgressions. Man, how many times have we crossed the line? transgress sin. I'm just telling you, it, when you turn to Jesus, you repent, you confess, you turn from your sin, you forsake your sin. Man, Jesus paid a price for you to live in freedom. I'm not trying to, 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 to get away with as much sin as possible and hopefully go to heaven. Look, Jesus died for it. There is no freedom in sin. There is nothing to celebrate about sin. There is nothing to be proud of about sin. Whatever sin it is, I don't, I, it doesn't matter. Sin is sin. It separates us from God. Jesus was wounded for it. All right, leave it there at the cross. 
He was wounded. This is Isaiah 53, 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. Here it is. And he was bruised for our iniquities. Um, iniquities is sin, just defined a little differently. Uh, transgressions is the act of sin, like it's, it's an actual act. We transgressed. We uh, crossed the line of, of God's uh, uh, moral law. And that is a sin. But iniquity is something different. It is the nature of sin. Uh, the Bible says that we as humans were shaped in iniquity. We are born into sin. Adam and Eve's transgression has now created um, a curse of sin. Uh, iniquity. It, it, some people may use the term generational curse. There's nothing necessarily like super spiritual about a generational curse. Like what? It is iniquity. It is the nature of sin passed down through humanity. We are born into it. I know as a parent that even children, man, they didn't. They they that some of the sin they commit. They, I mean, they're young. They don't. They're just. They're, they're fresh. They're new. Uh, but they sin. <laughs> they. There's a sinful nature. Am I right? There is a carnal mind that we have. There is a sin nature in humanity. And I'm here to tell you what the Bible says about the King of glory in Isaiah 53, verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. That he doesn't only forgive us of the acts of sin, he delivers us of the nature of sin. He delivers us of the penalty that our nature deserves because of original sin in the Garden of Eden. Thank you, Jesus. This King of glory was bruised and the bruises on his body are, is what paid the price for us to live in Christ, a new nature that 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new that we can put to death the sin nature. I was crucified with Christ. I, the sin nature, he was bruised for iniquity. My old nature died with him. Uh, we can live free from the sin nature. We can overcome the sin nature. We don't have to live in sin and dwell in sin and reap the penalty and the, and the, and the result and the shame and the guilt of sin. Jesus was wounded for our transgression and bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. This is my last point. This, who is this king of glory? He solved the sin problem. He forgave us of the sins we've done. He delivered us from the nature of sin and he heals us of the effects that sin has on us. I'm gonna say it again, that Jesus, this king of glory, has forgiven us of the sins we've committed. He's delivered us of the very nature of sin within us, 
and heals us of the effects that sin has on us. All right, who is this king of glory? He solved the sin problem. And here we go. I'm just gonna review the points here and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for you. But here it is, point number one, who is this king of glory? He is mighty in your battle. I wanna encourage you, regardless of the battle you're going through, he's mighty in it. He's mighty in it, in your battle, not just in the, you know, generally, specifically, personally. He's mighty in your battle. The second one, he freely gave himself for us. He, he, he freely gave himself for you, all right? Uh, next point, he can identify with our suffering. According to Isaiah 53.3, he is despised and rejected by men. He knows, he knows just how sorrow feels. And the next one, he knows the pain of rejection. He knows this king of glory knows the pain of rejection. He is a faithful high priest that is able to be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And last but not least, this king of glory, he solved the sin problem. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you. I pray that this month, as we just focus on Jesus, I pray that this would just uh, just begin to just lay a, a solid foundation of who you are in our lives. Lord, do your work in your people. And, and God, help us even during this holiday Christmas season to keep Jesus as the focus. I pray that we would focus and, 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 and give our attention to the King of glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you enjoyed the message, and my prayer is that it inspired and challenged you. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings, and to stay connected, just follow us on social media. Remember, there's always hope, and your future in God is great.